0: Welcome to another of our Advent podcasts, Tidings of Comfort and Joy. And for this episode, I sit down with Noel Kalbskoff and discuss a favourite book of ours. Say hello to everybody, Noel. Hello. And Noel, you and I share a common love of something, don't we, apart from Jesus? Which oh, is... yes,
1: we do. British tea, right?
0: I was thinking of Charles Dickens' novels. <laughs>
1: oh <laughs> uh, that too yes <laughs>
0: now Noel, it is advent and we are putting before the good people of westlake various books that they might think about reading over advent and you and i both love dickens's christmas carol that is true isn't it
1: Oh, yes. I really love Dickens. In fact, I think that that comes from my dad's love of the books originally. But then as a university student, I did a degree in English. And one of the courses that I did was a seminar on Dickens, where we read over 3000 pages of Dickens in one semester.
2: That's
0: (laughs) a lot of pages.
1: Yeah, I'm a fan.
0: (laughs) How many times have you read Christmas Carol?
1: Most recently, I read it this week <laughs> in
0: preparation
1: <laughs> for our conversation. Yeah, but I think A Christmas Carol is like the light version of Dickens because yeah. it's not really a very long or complicated yeah. story. It's, in um, fact,
0: it was published in, in various instalments over several weeks deliberately as a light read for people.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think that it's not one of those books that takes very long to to read and is very entertaining as you're reading it
0: now without giving any spoilers away tell us the plot line
1: (laughs) with no spoilers Well. (laughs) well I think it's a story of change And I think it's the hope that even the most miserable, wretched person, such as Ebenezer Scrooge, is capable of changing. And yeah, I think that, you know, he's described as a squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. And then he's visited by four ghosts on Christmas Eve. And he basically sees kind of how his life has just been about this obsession with money, So the first is actually Jacob Marley, who was his business partner in life.
0: And you have to Um, know that he was as dead as a doornail. Exactly. and wonderful would come of this tale.
1: Exactly. That's the famous opening line. Marley was dead to begin with. And uh, it's important that he's dead because this, you know, it's a kind of a supernatural thing that happens to to Scrooge, that he sees his dead partner who basically... Uh, regrets how he's lived his life and is warning Scrooge that he should endeavor to be to be different and then there's the three ghosts that are very memorable the ghost of Christmas past the ghost of Christmas present and the ghost of Christmas yet to come and those ghosts show him various scenes from his life or what his future well actually his death would uh, look like and show him how he's basically made himself miserable living his life just for the pursuit of money and how he's locked himself away from actually relationship and from caring from people for people around him and how no one regrets when he is actually dead like that is like I think the most telling part of the story where it's like people are happy that he's he's gone because he was just so miserable
0: yeah what would you say was Dickens's message in the book
1: So I think that even though Dickens lived in a culture steeped in Christian tradition, he seems to have his own philosophy for what should make Christmas a time of joy and generosity. It's not really that he's a great Christian and he's saying, oh, we should give to the poor, but that seems to be what his kind of like philosophy is. Um, that we should be people who are looking out for others. And he's basically critiquing his society at the time that what had lots of poor people, especially poor children who were you know put in workhouses and people who were thrown into debtor's prison. And Dickens himself experienced it as a child that when his father was sent to debtor's prison and he had to work at a very young age. So I think that he actually did succeed in having an impact and many people credit his story as the result of why charitable giving increased mm-hmm. um, in the years after his book was published.
0: And he really did, one of the things he gets right, isn't it, in the book is the, just the crushing social injustice of poverty, of um, lack of education, of the workhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything so- else you would say was his, what, what he's getting at, his message?
1: Well, Grouch makes the statement, and I think that this is kind of what he what Dickens would say as well, that I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. So I think that that's the idea that if you have this like Christmas spirit, which is full of you know joy and generosity the whole year round. And if everyone acts that way that his theory would be that then everyone will be you know in a better place and everyone will be better cared for and you can delight in your fellow man is kind of I think the message a bit of just live out Christmas as if you know it's every day of the year
0: yeah and if we were to look at it from a Christian perspective there is he does get that right doesn't he so if we were to say okay being transformed by the message of Christ's incarnation of his coming of his sacrifice of his generosity to us then we should live that out every day, not just at Christmas, and the power of that to transform us. But it's not really a, I mean, I would hesitate to say this is a Christian novel. It's informed by the gospel, but it 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 has also been accused of being one of the reasons why Christmas has become so sentimental. Yeah. Fair to say, I think, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think he was sort of writing in a time where Christmas traditions were kind of being re-explored and this kind of cemented the idea of that still exists today, that at Christmas is when you give to charities and when you, you know, seek to do kind things for for other people. But I think what's really admirable is that he chose to use his gift for writing actually to stir people around him and to change the world and for them to address the injustices that he saw. So uh, something that he was passionate about, he was able to then get other people to be passionate about and I think I mean even if we take that as the lesson for us that Mm -hmm. like where what are we passionate about what injustices do we see and how do we as Christians use our gifts and talents to motivate other people to right these wrongs. Um, I think
0: when Jacob Marley the ghost comes and visits him and he said I think Scrooge says to him you are always a good man of business and Marley replies mankind was my business this was my responsibility and I failed to do it yeah and, and the rebuke is and are you failing to do it
1: yeah exactly kind
0: is the good of mankind your business mm-hmm. I suppose the other criticism one could make of it is that it almost teaches a salvation a transformation by works that by you know, in some way by generosity you can become this good person who is saved but hey, I forgive it because actually it requires this outside intervention (laughs) of the spirits to bring about this change in his life.
1: Yeah, and I think other danger is to say, well, you know, would someone actually change that quickly? Because his other reaction could have been, oh, it was all a dream, and I'm just going to continue to live my life. Or, you know, we have the example of of, you know, in the New Testament, where we have this story of, oh, please send someone back so that my family will not be in hell. And uh, basically, it's like, even if someone who was dead comes and talks to them, they will not change their mind. So I think that we also we definitely do need Jesus, we definitely do need the spirit to act in our lives in order for us to change to have real lasting change. But again, Dickens is not really a, a Christian. So his solution is just to say, if someone saw these things and had interactions with ghosts and they would change so interesting
0: indeed well you and I love this book out of 10 how much would you tell people hey read this book this advent season
1: well I definitely think that should be 10 out of 10 I mean it's not a hard book to read and I think that you like I think there's a lot to get out of it so,
0: and there are even film versions and kids' versions and abbreviated versions. And
1: yeah, and two years ago, I watched a film that was based about Dickens actually writing this. So it was like The Man Who Saved Christmas or something like that. And that was also really good, but it makes more sense if you know the story before you watch the it movie.
0: It does. And am I allowed to admit at this point that a Christmas tradition in the Slack household is that we watch the Muppet Christmas Carol? Oh,
2: really? Ha-
0: <laughs> Which is actually surprisingly good.
1: It's very faithful to the text. Right? It is
0: very faithful to the text. Well, surprisingly, actually. Noel, thank you so much. Well, yeah, thank um, you. As, as Tiny Tim says, God bless us all, everyone.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, thank you, Noel. Well, our piece of Advent music for you today is that famous, or used to be famous, Christmas carol, "Good King Wenceslas." It was first published around 10 years after Christmas Carol was published and it really draws on the same themes, that at Christmas time it's a time to be generous and whilst that can be overly Victorianly romantic, actually there's some truth there that it is indeed more blessed to give than to receive and that Christ's giving of himself for us should encourage us to give to others. Who's deep went last
2: on the feast And the winter's rage, freeze thy bloodless cold.